as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today today we're going to be talking with brett halger of New Story. This is an update from a conversation we had probably about three or four months ago when we had Brett on the show before. They build houses in Haiti for only $6,000. Their mission and the way that he approaches this nonprofit is incredibly inspiring. And every time I talk to Brett, he's just one of those entrepreneurs that you, you just want to go out and do good afterwards. And I hope listening to this, you're as inspired as I am to go out and build something amazing. So let's get right into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm, the podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Goldman. 
So Brett, welcome. Welcome back. Really excited to get an update from you today. But for, for those that don't know, give us the, the, the kind of overview of what New Story is. Yeah, thanks, Michael, for having me back. Uh, so from a high level, New Story um, built a website platform that crowdfunds houses uh, for only $6,000 online. And in doing that, the bigger picture is that we transform slum areas into new sustainable communities. So for example, say there's uh, 200 families living in one slum. Um, We're working in Haiti or in Central America. We go into that area put all the family profiles onto our website so that donors uh, can meet exactly who needs help, read their story, give directly to them. Um, And then we move all of those families out of the slum and into a brand new piece of land where we build all of the homes. And then once we have the homes, we bring in partnerships uh, for components such as a school, for clean water and sanitation, for agriculture training, for microloans, um, a lot of new opportunities that we can do um, because our thesis is that homes are the foundation for a community. Think about safety and shelter. And then once we have that, we bring in the best partners to really create uh, the most opportunistic environment so that we can unlock potential for the for the people living there. Very nice. So um, so yeah, give me the, the, where, so when, when we last talked, you guys were just kind of wrapping up the funding round, you guys had some really good traction. Um, but what does it look like today? Yeah. So today we're about now 17 months since idea. So mm. from very beginning to 17 months now, and we've now done a total of about 350 homes, wow. um, most of them are in Haiti or in uh, El Salvador, and we've already built an entire 151 home community in Haiti that also has a school, clean water, sanitation, um, solar power, energy, and um, some other good things that I won't dive into. Um, so we've grown, I think, probably about, gosh, last time we talked, uh, three or four times uh, since we talked uh, yeah. three or four times three X and yeah, we've hired on a couple new people. We've raised uh, a lot of money for our operations. Um, so we have, I'll explain this real quick. We have a model where we give 100% of the public's donations. So like if you come on to our site and you give to a family, 100% of your donation goes to exactly who you see and then we have another bank account for our operating costs. So for our team and you know all the things we need to do to grow, and we have a small group of private donors that we call the builders that just fund that. And we kind of think of them as investors, even though they are it's a donation, there's no financial return, but they're still investing into the future of this vision. And uh, we've I've uh, been very fortunate to raise um, a, a, a lot of money on that side recently uh, to secure us through almost 2018. Wow. And where has um, has that support come from? Like, like w- what does that support look like? Are people coming to you and saying, I, I just want to get involved? Um, or is that kind of an act of fundraising? No, I mean, starting out, it's definitely me just going and beating <laughs> on doors and cold emailing everybody in Silicon Valley and probably annoying a lot of people. 
Um, but you know what? What happens was we got a couple uh, influencers and pretty credible leaders on board. Um, it took a lot of work to get them on board and to sell them this vision and to get them to take a chance on us. Um, but a few of them did. And then, of course, once you have a couple people that other influencers know, um, that gets you in the door with a lot more people. And so we've really just tried to kind of capitalize on that momentum and go from there. So I guess to answer your question, it was um, a ton of just manual hustle. I mean, tons of core outreach, tons of creative things to get in front of people for them to get on a phone for five or 10 minutes. And then you finally get a couple people that believe in you. Um, and then hopefully um, others will come because uh, they've, they've invested. Others will give you the chance to get in front of them. And then you just have to um, passionately sell your vision. So Ed, tell me a bit about this bigger school project because the model is you know one home six thousand how did a a bigger project kind of fit inside of your your model yeah so like how we we started out just trying to solve this problem and i'll put it i'll just relate it to one family we started out trying to solve the problem of here's a family um with three kids, elementary kids. They were born in a tent slum in Haiti simply because of where they were born. There's an earthquake there and they've now been living in a tent slum for five years. We want to get them out and give them a new life and get them into a new home so we can save them from the life-threatening danger that they face living there. That was like the simple um, goal that we were trying to do. But then we started building all of these homes in the same area. So like imagine 150 or 200 homes all being built in the same area on a new piece of land. We now have, you know, over a thousand people living there. And it's like, wow, this is a, a village, you know, a little town. And, and once you have that foundation, then you can strategically bring in partners to say, hey, look, uh, you know, really great school education nonprofit. Um, we have about... 400 primary age kids that are living right here. Um, it'd be awesome if you could put a school right here so they can walk to the school. And it's like, yes, no brainer. Um, and then same with uh, all the other partners that we're able to bring in now, um, microloans. It's like, hey, we just got you know a couple hundred new women into this new community that we've built. They now have a safe uh, place where they could operate a business out of. Um, here, take a look at them for a microloan. So it just kind of evolved over time and it made a lot of sense to where we didn't want to just save people's lives, even though I believe that's, I mean, definitely worth doing on its own. Um, But we thought, wow, we could also uh, unlock opportunity. That's a a big phrase that we believe in um, for these people by bringing in other partners. Wow. Yeah, that's uh that's incredible. Um, so what, what have you learned about building, you know, a community essentially from scratch, um, in Haiti? Yeah, I've learned that it's really important to stick to what you're good at and then do a ton of due diligence to figure out who you can partner with so that they can do what they're best at. Mm. Right. So our team is not building in-house capacity to go and build these homes or to go and, you know, work directly with the government to try to get land. Like we're using local partners. Um, and so we want to stay 
in San Francisco, kind of flying lightweight at what we're really good at, and then partner, fly over people in the areas that we're working um, to make everything more efficient, um, saves a lot of costs, saves a ton of time. And I think that that applies to, to really any business or any startup is to be really smart about um, how, how you can grow uh, strategically and what makes the most sense from a, a partnership standpoint or by kind of latching on to other organizations, very similar to how you know, PayPal used to latch on to uh, eBay to get started, right? And there's, I mean, there's tons of those examples. Uh, and that's what we kind of did. What have you learned about the, um, the kind of nonprofit community? Is it changing, you know, with technology? Um, and as companies like, like, you know, New Story come in and try to reinvent uh, pieces of the model, um, is it open to that change? I, I I think that it's, I guess, moving forward, mm-hmm. but it's still moving really slow. And I mean, I'm definitely, we're, our, our whole team is actually really passionate about, about this idea of bringing more innovation into the charity world. Um, and when I look at it, kind of step back and zoom out and look at it, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to culture and the team and who you're, you're going to be hiring, right? Because a lot of these organizations, they have amazing people with some of the best hearts in the world. And that doesn't mean that they're competent to do some of these new technical things or to really innovate. So what I'm saying is like, use them for what they're great at. Maybe it's different type of leadership. Um, but then when you start recruiting new people, think of it in a different way than the same way you've been recruiting for the last 30, 40 years. You know, that, in my opinion, that's really the only way that things will really start changing is at the end of the day, it comes down to who's on your team, like who's sitting in your office and what are you working on and what are your talents? And so we're building our team from the very beginning, like a tech startup. Mm. Um, Now, of course, not every organization can do that. And I don't think every organization has to do that or that should be their aim. However, I do believe that they should start um, really consider and doing uh, more technical recruiting and, you know, younger people that, would be working at one of these really great startups, um, whether it's in Austin or New York or Silicon Valley or wherever, um, and then bring them on to your team. So what are you, you looking for, um, you know, in, in, a, in a teammate when you bring them on? Are there certain like characteristics or qualities that, that really tend to stand out for you? Yeah. I mean, it definitely depends. It's a little dependent on the position, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what we, especially where we're at right now, we believe more in, you know, hiring for the, the, really the person. So like the who first instead of the what, which is a a big principle from uh, Jim Collins's book, Good to Great. And so we look for uh, one of our values is a team of founders. So we want to bring somebody in that we could say, man, they could operate like a founder. You know, they could, um, maybe one day we could see them either starting a company or being part of a founding team. And I think at the end of the day, that comes down to their drive, to their resourcefulness, 
to their relentlessness of getting things done, um, and then being open to um, innovative things, and then of course having a a technical skill set um, of what they can also do. Are you um, as you guys grow? Um, are you worried at all about um, you know the, the fundraising side? It, it, like because it, it seems like you can raise for so long, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's going to be just part of the the culture, you know. Like you're always going to be kind of raising. Are does that does that worry about you at all, or how do you approach that? You know, it for us, it's something that we certainly spend a lot of time thinking about and preparing ourselves for, you know, when it's year seven or year eight. Um, and so we're doing things right now to like already right now to prepare us to be more self-sustaining when that time comes. Um, what I've seen and what I've learned from a lot of other great kind of nonprofit founders is they've waited a little too long to figure that part out because mm-hmm. usually, you know, if you get off the ground and have a good start, there's a, pretty solid chance that you're just naturally good at fundraising or you have a good idea. And so you just like keep doing that. And then all of a sudden it's like year 10 and you're like, Oh man, like this is a lot of work to keep this up. Like, (laughs) you know, but it's kind of like this, you're so good at it that you're like, well, we'll just figure it out and keep going. So all that to say, uh, we are doing things now in year two that will make us um, significantly more self-sustaining um, in a couple years from now. Very nice. Is there is there anything that you can share in particular that you've, I guess, learned or tried to do differently? Um, yeah, I mean, so there's two examples. Uh, I'll touch on it briefly, but we are kind of, we have this model where, and we're really testing it out, and so far we love it, of a, uh, we call it a pay-it-forward model. And so essentially what that means, Michael, is let's just say a family um, gets a new home, they come into our program, let's just call the home $6,000, they agree up front um, contractually that over time, usually about 10 to 12 years, they will actually pay forward the cost of the home in monthly installments. So it's, it's no interest, um, no profit, but they will make monthly installments that over time will add up to $6,000 that right now will be used um, to actually provide a new home for somebody else. So it's a multiplier effect. Um, So, you know, some things we're thinking about is, you know, would it make sense to have a portion of that come back to new stories operations so that we can go out and fund more homes and kind of get that flywheel going more and more. Um, you know, so we're early on and we're thinking about things like that. And, you know, there'll be a lot of people that'll say, oh, but, you know, it's not all going to the families. And and it's like, yes, but it is more self-sustaining, right? So right. Uh, that, those are things that we're already thinking about and testing. Very nice. Uh, and, um, I mean, I imagine as long as it's not like, yeah, as long as the majority of the money is still going to build homes, Totally. Um, that a lot of people wouldn't mind, you know, supporting the organization behind it, right? That's what we think. And we think that, you know, smart people understand that that's a, an intelligent business decision long term, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So those are things that we're, we're already testing with now. 
So um, last time we talked, you guys were were focused on Haiti, and now you've you're also building in El Salvador, or, or Haiti yeah. is complete. Yeah, the the community there. Um, how did you pick El Salvador? Where where did that um, wh- where did that need arise for you guys? Yeah, it came down to two things. I mean, for us right now, as an early stage nonprofit, I mean, you can. There's need everywhere in the world, right? You mm-hmm. could just spin the globe and be like, okay, here you go. Um, so for us, we have to think strategically about it. And for, that was two things. One, it was the geographic location. So, uh, you know, being able to get down there on a direct flight that's only about four or five hours from San Francisco, that's really important to us as mm-hmm. far as just costs and being able to get down there to help train and see things. Uh, so that's one. And the second part was, as I mentioned before, the local partner that we choose. And the one in El Salvador just so happens to be absolutely fantastic. Um, They're called the Fuller Center. And it's an idea that if this goes well, our first community, which has so far almost been a 10 out of 10, uh, there is uh, opportunity to do at least another 10 or 20 communities with this same partner in in this area. So it's like, okay, we establish a place where we know that if the first one goes well, we can go really, really deep with the same partner and the same local government that we've already built credibility and clout with. So we try to find pockets like that um, in the beginning that we can go really deep in and that we can get to, right? Because I mean, we're a small team, six people, uh, for, for half of our team to be flying over to India and Africa, it's just, it's just, we don't think it's strategic right now. Mm, Right. That makes, that makes sense. Um, Was there a story in, um, you know, in El Salvador when you went down that kind of inspired you? Yeah, totally, man. So it's, uh, it's pretty rough. I mean, there's, there's about, about a hundred families that have been living on a very, very steep hill. You can kind of think of like a hill that is in a mini rainforest. And there are landslides that come through and will either knock out the homes or will either knock out trees. And you have trees falling on these shacks with literally zero protection. So the tree could fall literally on a baby. And it's just a super sad environment. I mean, you've got you know, six-year-old women having to walk up this this hill that has just mud rushing down and you're slipping the whole time. I mean, I'm slipping even trying to walk up and it's like the only way they can get water and bring it up there uh, is by going up and down this hill. Jeez. And so we said, okay, uh, we have a very clear goal to get all of these families out of this environment off of this hill and bring them into a brand new community that's about a mile away so it's so close to all their their relationships and networks and i said hey this is the project this is what we're going to do um we got the mission ready set go and we are very proud to say that we've now funded every single one of those families on that uh hill and uh, we've built about half of the homes already and the rest are slated to be done in about two months. That's, that's incredible. Wow. Um, I, I'm wondering, is there ever any, I mean, it just, it seems, it, it seems so amazing for the families. 
Um, but I, I'm curious, do you ever get like pushback from them? Do you have to kind of convince them? Cause you are uprooting their home, even if it, it may not be the most ideal, right? Yeah. I mean, everything is, um, right now everything is opt-in. Okay. So families opt-in to everything and we're actually not building right on their, like right on their existing area they're living. I was going to call it their land, but they don't really own the land. So it's not really theirs. Um, we're, we're, we're building a new land that, uh, is kind of from scratch. And so the families are ultimately like opting in like, yes, I want to be part of this community. Um, and if they don't want to, they don't have to. Um, but we've seen just about every single one want to. Yeah. I, I can, I can imagine. Um, yeah. And, and seeing kind of like their pictures on the site, it, it really, it's, you can, you can see the difference that you guys are doing, um, which is amazing. Um, oh, thanks man. And kind of on the, on the flip side, um, yeah. I saw you guys opened up the, the NASDAQ, um, yeah. How did that come about? <laughs> There's got to be a story I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, unfortunately we're not IPOing. Right. Uh, we're, a ch- <laughs> we're a charity. We haven't figured out how to do that yet. Um, but no, we, you know, we were coming off of a, a campaign that we were running, uh, called a hundred homes in a hundred days. And we were able to hit that goal and the uh, NASDAQ invited us to celebrate on the 100th day and open up, um, open up the NASDAQ. And so we did that at uh, the end of last year, brought our team up to New York and all of our uh, kind of advisors and, and top supporters. And it was, I'm not going to lie, it was, it, was, it was pretty awesome uh, being up there. And uh, my hat was off to the whole NASDAQ team. I mean, they treated us just like any other company that was going public. <laughs> and it was really a first class experience. So it was wow. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Have you, uh, have you had any um, or have you seen changes in, the, in who is donating, you know, on the, the people that are coming and finding you? Has that, um, have there been any differences in that? And how has that grown? As far as like new donors? Yeah. Where, are you yeah. finding them in different places now or? Yeah. So I'll give you two stories. Uh, one, we, one of the, the greatest things uh, about kind of the, the platform and this idea we've built uh, of allowing uh, people to start individual um, fundraising campaigns. So let me tell you an example. Uh, we've just recently had a couple that got married and instead of doing a wedding registry they set up a a page on news story and they asked people to give to their uh, wedding campaign and they raised uh, over six thousand dollars for a home and so not only did they raise money for a home which is awesome but they've now exposed about 40 new people mm-hmm. to new story that would have never known that. And so we have a viral coefficient to where out of those 40 people, um, about five of them will say, wow, this is really cool over time. I'm going to start my own. So like we are getting new, um, new donors uh, because of the ambassadors that are going out and starting campaigns and bringing more people in. And, and that's a really good viral um, kind of program we have going on there. And then the other thing is we've uh, just really just opened up uh, corporate partnerships. And that has been a mix of 
me reaching out to people and doing some business development and some speaking, and then uh, having people kind of inbound reach out to us. Um, it's usually because they heard uh, a talk or something like that that I was at. And those um, those corporate uh, relationships, it, that's kind of like an internal company program where they help to to, yeah. to promote and sometimes the company matches that type thing. Yeah, that type thing. And it could be anywhere from, you know, one company, you know, do crowdfunding a house together. So let's just call it a hundred employees come together to do one house, right? And they do it on a page. So it would be, you know, newstorycharity.org slash um, whatever the company name is. Um, that's one example. And then on the other end, we actually just launched last week um, our biggest partnership to date. Um, and it's a new program that is called the Architect Program. And the Architect Program allows a company to not fund a house, but to fund an entire community. So they have a whole corporate community that is theirs. So a company out of Atlanta called Intellinet, um, an, an extraordinary organization, um, they are just funding uh, 115 homes in wow. Haiti that help provide the land that we also have um, a school, uh, clean water, um, agriculture training, uh, all types of things I won't get into. But they are literally funding the entire community, and it's going to be called the NET, and that's going to be one area that um, will always be theirs, and their employees can go down and visit, and they can invest in one place, and they can watch these kids grow up over time, and they can go down and train the women of how to sell, and all these really awesome opportunities, because they have their one community yeah. that is theirs. So that's a new uh, a new program that we're really excited about, and um, launching this year. Wow, that is that's incredible. 115 homes. Yeah. Wow. 115 homes. That's, that's awesome. Um, so, so what's on the, the, I mean, you, you guys have, you, you've made incredible progress. Um, and, and there is, I mean, there's just so much work to do, but I'm curious what, um, what's on the horizon for you guys? Yeah. Horizon for us is we've now, so we are funding at a, we're funding homes at a, a pretty high, quick velocity. Um, so now it's just a, it's trying to, to build the communities as efficient as possible. And then also our, our last hire that we're incredibly excited about um, is uh, she's a impact data manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means is, you know, after one of our communities is built, we want to be really smart about finding out what happened later and what's the actual impact that we made. So for example, um, we want to be able to say, Hey, before we, before we got here, like in the slum, um, income per day for the family. And then from a macro level, like per the community was a dollar and a half a day, right? Just making that up. Um, a year later, after the community has been built, Here's the data as to where their income is at now. And this is what they've been able to spend it on. Um, And then here's a data point on um, their education and another one on their health. And so we're really focusing on that right now um, because we don't want to just kind of build a community. And, you know, we do take the, the great photos and the video and all that awesome stuff. 
but we actually want to be really smart about it as well and measure our, our impact. Um, so that's that. And then we, uh, we're hiring on a couple, a couple more people this year and, and yeah, just trying to take the next step in our bigger vision to do a thousand of these communities by 2026. Nice. Nice. Um, so well, thank you so much for, for coming on. If if we wanted to to get involved and donate, or um, you know, you know, help help donate even to the core organization, um, where do we find you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely check out just the website, which is uh, newstorycharity.org. And then, if anybody wants to uh, reach out personally, uh, my email is Brett B. R E T T at newstorycharity.org. I'm happy to, to, to chat about more details on things. And um, yeah, you can look us up on, on Twitter. If you're active on Twitter, we're at newstorycharity and I am at Brett Hagler. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. And congrats on the success of this podcast and uh, the community that you're building. Thank you. Big thanks to Brett for coming on today. If you want to check out more about New Story, go to newstory.com. You can get involved by donating to one of the family's houses or to New Story's administrative fund. So stay tuned. We have an upcoming data series starting here next week. We're incredibly excited to bring you this deep dive into data. We have six episodes exploring data from all all different angles. I guarantee you're not going to want to miss it. Follow us on Twitter at RocketShipFM. You can follow me at Michael Saka and Joel at Joel Goldman. We'll see you back here on Sunday with another fantastic entrepreneurial interview.